in looking at it not all too deeply, I have observed that I'm not particularly led in one way or another. No real call beckons me. Nothing seems actually to drive me. I'm not operating by any exact mode. I have no real declaration or motto by which I live or any creed or particular belief for that matter. I am kind of just sort of at the whim of the world in a way that I suppose I not really expected and yet at the same time uh, being that I've sort of gone with the just current of life um, I haven't really expected anything at all (laughs) I, I don't often wonder as to whether or not I'm necessarily happy or whether I'm doing things in the proper way I, I seem to, and again, this is just sort of my own observation, but I seem to just sort of do what I do, and, and it's not that I don't look to improve or that I don't look to abide by some sort of, you know, universal code, some sort of innate feeling within me about how I should conduct myself or my own general being in the world but that's kind of just it is I more or less seem to simply be without really an effort to be a certain kind of person Um, which isn't to say that I don't give any effort towards being itself, but I, I I simply strive, just strive to be me. And of course that takes generally little effort (laughs) when really put into the grand scheme of it. Uh, I think I more have to, as we probably all do, more have to strive to kind of actively push up against those forces that we encounter within the world that tempt us out of ourselves. And I think that's more or less where uh, those demons uh, 
kind of come out to haunt us is when we are made to act out against our own inner natures. And those kinds of scabs can avail themselves in a lot of different ways. They can come in the forms of a particular kind of action or or a baited sort of action, something that tempts us into well, any kind of act or emotion. Um, But they often do come in the forms of beliefs, of ways that we think that we should be. And, And then we try and live up to those beliefs. We try and live up to those notions about, again, what should be how we should act, where we should go, what we should do within the, the course of our lives. And that can take so many different forms and shapes from small things, the, the, the small ways we encounter uh, and, and encounter ourselves and others and act throughout the day and we all do this all of us all the time but it can also be much much larger choices like giant life choices of getting married going to a particular school or doing a particular job making Not those just momentary decisions, but decisions that will basically affect every single action within our lives. We have these sort of umbrella-like decisions that we make. Uh, And I'm certainly not saying that these kinds of decisions uh, are not the... Are, are, are themselves going against who we are as, as people, not, not at all. But I, I do feel like so often we think that there is a certain code by which we have to conduct ourselves, whether it's societally or just even within our own selves. And that's, but that's not our, it's not our code. It's something that we, we see and then emulate. It's something that we hope to, well, maybe, maybe the problem is, was that we, we have these false hopes, these false expectations about so many things. Um, and of course we don't know what their realities are until we actually live them through 
then again, at the same time, there are many decisions that we make in life that really much in the same way um, that I've kind of observed at least myself acting um, are not so much decisions we make but um, things that we are more or less called to doing and our, our calling is so far as this is concerned, distinctive from the idea of what we should do, what we are called to do, is something that does come from beyond us, and the difference might just be one of perspective, because in the end it seems like maybe there isn't quite the choice that we think there to be we think of ourselves as so completely and, and totally free as these these beings that um, are the victims of our own choices and yet at the same time we do kind of float about uh, on the winds of, of the way that uh, the, the, the ways that we are carried through and by our, our lives It just seems that we make some very dangerous decisions that have these extraordinarily lasting consequences. Um, and we don't even realize how effectual they're going to be until far too much time has, has passed. But there is a calling that we all have. It comes from our own selves in our own voices. It's just that it's so infrequently listened to. Um, it's, it is truly the, the easiest thing to do, and yet we seldom are able to truly be guided by it. And what this thing is, is not something structured socially. It's not something that's 
given to us through some kind of externality. It's something that is almost more an echo than a a clear and decisive voice. And yet it is leading our lives in this profound way. It's beyond description. And yet we, we play it out with every act. As I was mentioning, I, I notice within myself every day when I start my walk, I don't have a plan. I, I, I know this very well about myself and I've just kind of related it to what I'm thinking about here is that every day when I start my walk, I don't really have a plan at all. I, I simply start walking. I mean, tr- truly just about every day. I walk out of my house and I get to the street and I I kind of say to myself, well, left or right, I, uh, sometimes or Often I just find my feet moving in a particular direction and it might be because of the position of the moon that night or if there is a lot of traffic on one street or another. Or And sometimes I, I do have an idea of where I'm going to go. Um, and then there are other times, I suppose... I know exactly where I think I want to go and then I'll start moving in that direction and it completely changes. Um, and then yet there are still other times where I know where I want to go and I go there and I, I, I follow it through. But far more often than not, truly far more often than not, I have no idea where I'm going to wind up when, not even, not even just when I start my walk, but while I'm going through it. And for me, I suppose, it's, the, the walk that I take every day is very meditative. That's why I do it. Sometimes I do my sort of introspective dictations or just reflections on on things um, sometimes I'll listen to music other times I I suppose I most of the time I I'm just alone with my thoughts or, or not um, which is what I like about it of course uh, But I truly have recognized how frequently, how far more often than not, 
I simply start going. And I find that I just am where I am. Um, And I suppose it's the same with most of us. We don't mean to get divorced. We don't mean to end up a straight C student. We don't certainly mean to get sick or be poor or any of these things that sort of seem to just kind of happen to us and yet to prevent these things um, can take work and that's not to say that luck doesn't frequently play a factor. However, as the old saying goes, you sometimes have to make your own luck. And I think that it's We take ourselves out of this, this wheel of, of wanting, of, of, of the, the cycle of searching for some sort of contentment, for joy. I mean, we have to ask that, that old question is, what are we doing here? And, and maybe this is the exact problem, the exact heart of the issue, is we very, very infrequently ask ourselves, what are we doing? We do very much get swept up in it, and yet at the same time seem to make all of these huge choices that have such profound effects on us and then get swept along in those currents. Um, As if we are as if as if we were powerless to prevent it when that might be true to a certain extent that we might get swept along and yet we've chosen to jump in the water in the first place to continue a bad metaphor or a hackneyed one at the very least you know we We see where we are, all of us. We, we truly know. It's not like we don't know. The question is, is are we willing to acknowledge 
it. So are we, are we willing to acknowledge our position? Are we willing to take stock of where we are at in our own lives? Look at that very, very honestly, very bluntly and say to ourselves, without judging it, without condemning it or praising it, just by, just by looking at it, removing the emotion from it, removing what we think we, we know about it. And just looking at where we are. It's very difficult to do, but we all, again, are, are aware. It's just a matter of, are we able to be honest with ourselves? And then, if we are able to be honest with ourselves, are we then able to be honest with ourselves enough to head in a different direction? If we're not happy with the way we're currently going. Because we are all victims of the world. Yet, we have the, the key to our own prisons. And it's just whether we choose to lock it, lock the cell, or, or unlock it. Um, because circumstance is circumstantial. <laughs> regardless of the circumstance, regardless of where we are, we can tune in to that calling, that echo within us, that thing that in some awkward dance positions us. And we can understand that this is part of the process. The, the circumstances Kind of a, I don't know, a t pitchfork, a, a tuning fork, I should say, to calibrate uh, our outlooks, to again sort of position ourselves, to position the mindset that we have. We, we have to follow a, 
our, our own selves. We have to follow that that nature of our own beings. That thing we truly are. Whatever it is. With this caveat. That as subjects, we have to understand very well that, I mean, if we see clearly, then we, understand, we will understand very well that we do not understand very well. <laughs> and we will come to see quite easily that... there is plenty left to discover at any point. That's what subjectivity is. There's plenty left to look at, to to find out without making those stark decisions um, because discovery is only something that can truly happen uh, in facing in all with all honesty that unknown void that is right in front of us And doing so with, you know, a kind of deference and a kind of, a kind of awe. And a, a sort of, I don't know, audacity to, to look at it very bluntly. And, and again, be aware uh, that... We are on this giant kind of ride. Um, And it's one that is really totally and completely uh, a matter of perspective and a matter of our own understanding of, of ourselves and our position within the world, within that circumstance. Again, I, I find that I follow no real creed. I, I have nothing within me that says that I should behave this way or that. Um, Based on 
well, any any real given touchstone. And, and yet, at the same time, I feel very strongly about that I want to, of course, be good, be kind, um, be as generous as I, as I can, um, be, be understanding. I think it was, I don't know if it was the Dalai Lama or Gandhi or who said that kindness is, is my religion. Kindness is is a, is an act that can be thread. It's it's a it, it's the underlying tone uh, that that can be sort of tainted within any action. It's not an act itself. It's how a thing is carried out. And that, to me, seems apropos. Because, of course, the reality of it all is that we don't really necessarily okay, we're going to go out and today we're going to just do kindness, right? It's, it's, it's done with a measure. Our, our actions are done with, with that hint of kindness or that hint of frustration or that there's something underlying there. There's some sort of tension, good or bad. There's, or, or an ease to it, or a, there's, there's some rhythm, there's an energy that underlies, that underwrites the action. Um, but again, I find within myself that I have very little guidance that I am and this is not to try and I'm certainly certainly absolutely not trying to to brag about it in any way I'm I think I'm not saying it's it's necessarily a good thing I think this is something that is beyond good bad and, and what is good and bad is a whole entirely separate conversation. I, I would argue that it is impossible there, that there is no good and that there is no bad. It's impossible to discern 
exactly what good and bad are. Um, that there just is. That being is beyond, again, quote, quote unquote, good and, and bad. Um, that's a, a very limited perspective brought on by our subjectivity. That can only be known sort of through the ultimacy of, of infinity <laughs> and, and omniscience. But at the same time, I, again, just see it, I feel it within myself. There's, there's no thing that, that guides me other than the, the way of things. Um, than how... Not necessarily should be, but how, how again it is. And the way is, it's a term, and yet it is sort of the magic of the universe. The way is simply the way it is. What is? It's, it's the, the path and the track and the that guiding thing which which leads us through uh, and that can be applied to any situation to any circumstance um, but it's something itself to be followed Um, we might have heard of, you know, the way of a certain thing, you know, the, the, the way of being, the way of love, the, the way of the, the world, the way of an action, uh, much like kindness. Much like violence, much like anything done as an overarching, as a, as a, not an action itself, but a way of action, <laughs> no pun intended, but sort of very, at the same time, very intentional, as it, it is a way of doing, it is a way of being in any particular uh, situation or phenomena that, that can be lived out or comprehended. Um, the way is a thing unto itself, and yet it is the thing of all things. It's that which gives being to and also um, 
is the action of. So, we've described it, uh, especially in a philosophical war, as Verity, as Vim, as Vim and Verity. <laughs> um, it's that thing which does, that thing which is, that thing which kind of, again, um, gives tonality to an action, to a thought, to a, to a happening of any kind. And at the same time, is that thing? Whatever that thing is, except for that, and this is where it can get maybe, maybe a little confusing, but also it's the simplest things, is there is a way to go against the way. <laughs> Which is still the way. Just not the way. <laughs> uh, this is where language fails us. Because I could, you know, as I'm walking here, just not look into traffic that you just hear go by. Just, and just start walking and get hit by a car and... Well, that's that's a way to cross the street. It's not it's not the way if we're trying to do it you know, peacefully, right? But it, it is it's people cross the street like that every day. It is a way, but is it the way? Well, you see, the way looks to harmoniously interact. It looks to act without disturbing. It looks to do, uh, there's a, a principle in, in Taoism called Wu Wei. And Wu Wei is uh, that which looks to do without doing. It looks to act without acting. Um, it is the action of no action, the, the principle of, of not doing. Um, to not force things. And yet, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean there is no action. It's just effortless. It's seamless. It's, and it's not brought on by the wants and the intentions of the individual, per se. It's devised through the way itself. And this is sort of what I was trying to kind of explain before without defaulting to, to these terms, which I'm able to far more easily articulate. And yet I feel like at the same time they are uh, conceptually less relatable, which <laughs> means that I prefer them quite a bit, but uh, sometimes more difficult, again, to, to relate to folks uh, through some sort of expository exercise like, like this. Because there, there is a way to do things, but that way is the way. It's not 
again, as I was mentioning before, it's not the societal pressure. It's not the, the idea that you have with inside yourself to go about things in a particular manner. It's just how you do what you do in any given circumstance or action. And it's unapologetic, unabashedly so. It's, it is what it is. And it, it exists in the space that's beyond, again, those sort of binary concepts. It doesn't adhere to a particular, again, a particular code, right? There's no kind of ethic, no real morality, and yet all ethics and all moralities, by invoking the way itself, are upheld. And yet, again, not to be tedious, but it is, it exists in a space, in a field beyond those things. Because it is the action, it is the thing, it is ad nauseum the way. The, the how-to, the being of. And... When we exist within that kind of action, um, we are able to act fluidly within the process of life itself, within the circumstance. As long as we adhere to, and that's not to say that there aren't going to be mistakes made. Of course we're going to make mistakes. Um, and honestly, mistakes are a part of it. Mistakes <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, mistakes are the equivalent of good and bad. I mean, there's, there's no real such thing as a mistake. It, it's, it is part of the larger happening. How many mistakes, as we all know, how many mistakes lead to triumphs? Are triumphs even possible without mistake, without misstep? I say this frequently when talking about our mission uh, at Middle Tree, about how when we teach students we're so frequently teaching them to try and not fail yet when failure is an integral part of that process and that's just a learning of, of life and yet we could get all the more deep about it and say well what is life but a series of conscious happenings? Another topic, for, for sure. <laughs> but 
but at the same time, still relevant. Because what the way is, is what the way does. And what the way does is how it is. And that it, that action, that mode of being is so effortless if we simply let it be, right? If we simply are able to um, abide and adhere to it and not to that particular code, not to that particular path, but to the path. And I, I know that that sounds like some absurd abstraction. I mean, it, it is an enormous abstraction. However, it is a truth beyond truth. Once again, what the way is exists in a field beyond the dualistic, beyond the binary, beyond the conceptions about the notions of the precise and exact happenings that talk to us uh, in this kind of dialectic in this sort of process where um, where we think that one operation yields one result and another uh, another and again it's all towards a particular end whereas that that's sort of how we um, will often couch and comprehend make sense of um, our own actions is there's there's an intention within our actions there's a way and a process uh, that we go through ourselves in in conscious reflection about how we do what we do and it has a, a goal in mind it has something that um, we are looking for um, this is not necessarily the, the path that we're on when we are following the way of things of ourselves of our own of our own natures what our, our challenge to ourselves is this who are we when we remove ourselves from the story given to ourselves by that which is other other than ourselves so who are we when we remove ourselves from the story of ourselves 
given to ourselves by others. Or, quite a bit more simply, who are we really? What do we really stand for? How do we really act? What do we really do when no one else is looking? When there's no actual intention to our being, to what it is that we are at this point doing or or at whatever point doing. What do we do when there's nothing to do? Who are we then? And I would contest that if we follow that trueness of self in those circumstances, we will never take a misstep. We will never be out of line. We will never fall to the ills impressed upon us by that which is not us. When we have notions about what we should be doing, we're immediately drawn off course. When we think a thing to be certain without investigating it, of investigating it apart from the things that we think we already know when we can look at a thing when we can do a thing because it is right within us because it is rightness itself because it is correctness not what is correct but correctness itself the action that is of no action, that is not something that takes energy, but that creates it. When we can abide by the cycle then we have reached a sort of an estate of being. And I implore you to discover this for yourself. Because it, it is so near to us that it, it's so ubiquitous that it appears invisible it is the easiest thing to do because it is just a cycle of our own natural state of being it is the cycle that we are on as as beings in this world as human beings in this world 
Uh, and yet we spend so much energy uh, acting out of step. Um, there is so little harmony and so little perfect frequencies that we're able to to line up with within uh, m mundane or routine or novelty also of, of the lives that we lead because it's a mix of all those things all the time and yet if we were able to kind of navigate our way through it work through the obstacle course uh, rather than you know, abide to a singular way, a singular path, but the path. If we can look at it like that, there's not one way through the obstacle course because that ob those obstacles might be changing at any given moment. But there is the way through it, the way to safety, and we can obtain it, even though we've, we've already obtained it just by being our own selves, but again, the world so frequently pushes us out of ourselves, that often that road back to to us is the one that is the most difficult to travel. So that is our contest. And that is our our difficulty um, and our challenge is to abide to the true thing that we are. But that can only be recognized, that can only be acknowledged, and that can only be carried out if we have a clear answer to that question of who are we when the narrative about us that we have even about ourselves goes away. Who are we when we forget who we are? And it really is only then will we discover the precise answer to that question, but at the same time uh, walk in step with the way of it itself. <laughs>